Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Coming off a three-day holiday weekend and the markets eh, from the livestock side, at least on the cattle, not a pretty picture. These hogs, on the other hand, um, had a great trading day. If we flip the page over to the grain complex, it was pretty much mixed uh, across the board as we look at the numbers, except for the wheat complex, which had their own uh, struggles. So they ended up mixed because Chicago was higher. We're going to kind of dive into what we're seeing in this market trade today. Kyle Bum says joining us. He is with Allendale. And let's kind of talk about this three-day holiday weekend post-trade. Things kind of came off slow uh, to mix in that overnight trade and momentum picked up. But from a livestock perspective, because that's where I want to start, this cattle market, it definitely saw some struggles. Well, that's right, Susan. First of all, thanks for having me back. And yeah, coming in off a three-day weekend, uh, anything is to be expected this time of year after a holiday like that. We had big volume on Friday. So looking at this cattle complex, it's not surprising to see us push down a little bit further here. We did see that key reversal here, like on these uh, August feeder cattle and August live cattle on June 7th. We did see that reversal form on the daily charts, and that did push us down here for the week last week. Uh, For the week last week, we were down about $4.07. Now, the commitments to traders did show us as of the close last Tuesday, which would have been, uh, you know, right before that big key reversal that the funds were uh, adding positions. So uh, they did add, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some sort of liquidation here when that comes out here. Uh, feeder cattle, though, in the countryside, the cash feeders have kind of softened up here. We did see some big uh, upswings here as far as that goes a week week and a half ago we saw those big video sales coming out there across the northern plains and those really helped push the index up but here recently we've seen this thing back off here just a little bit and as as to be expected here with live cattle backing off just a little bit i do think that we've maybe seen a, a top here for a little while i don't know as we've seen a summer low yet in cash i think cash still has some room to work to the downside here as far as live cattle go and uh, we have here recently seen uh, box beef here we did have box beef markets on monday Box beef was down here uh, yesterday on Monday, and it was down here again uh, this morning. Here we were down two ninety five yesterday afternoon, and uh, down a dollar thirty one here on the morning run. So that's kind of been uh, what's been on the back of everybody's mind, waiting for this box beef market to kind of sell off, and and it's to be expected this time of year. You know, we're getting into that Fourth of July season. That's more of a hamburger, hot dog type holiday. It's not your uh, higher end cuts of meat holiday. And uh, we are entering, as some of the old timers say, the dog days of summer when it slows down on demand. And I think that's what we could possibly uh, be seeing. But as far as to as uh, two week we did see uh, some commercial bear spreading going on here both the feeders and the live cattle, and we did see some non commercial liquidation as well, Susan. Well, talk about the the possible pushback i know we get into the dog days of summer so it kind of coincides but i've heard some rumblings that we might see some pushback coming up at the meat counter just because of the cost that's happening for consumers that's right and i know uh, there's been some, uh but it depends on where you're at it depends on how your uh, how your end user your retailer got it bought you know if they were able to get a good deal on it i've seen strips porterhouses as high as 18.99 a pound so it's all over the board and that's that's just one of those things there where it's tough to gauge demand here this time of year when you've got that kind of swing at the at the counter happening number one and number two this typically is a time of year when uh, people just kind of back off from those higher end cuts of meat now on the pork side of things pork has been getting cheap enough where that has been attracting the uh, consumer's eye and uh, we have seen the pork market somewhat stabilize here not 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 necessarily consistently stabilized, but uh, we have seen some nice upswings here in the port cutout here as of recently. I want to look at the, the, the feeder side, well, cash side, first of all. Are we going to see it wait till Thursday, Friday before we see any sort of pickup in trade this week? 
Yes, I think so. I think it's going to be later in the week. It was later in the week last week here when we did see the bulk of the uh, trade take place. It took place on uh, you know Wednesday, late Wednesday and then Thursday and Friday it took uh, took the bulk of the most trade with last week's average cash coming in there on that uh, 182 to 182 and a quarter. And if you look at the all grades number, it was closer to 185. And that figures in our higher it's here up in uh, up here in the northern plains. Now show list this week's up about six thousand head, and I do think that as we move forward here for the next few, maybe three to five weeks, we could see a few more numbers uh, around us here that the packer could have to pick from so i do look for us to have a few more uh, market ready animals here as we get deeper into the calf fits so are feeders worried about the drought that continues to hit really the whole upper midwest I think so. I think so. And and looking here at the pastures uh, here locally, we've seen some decent rains here the month of uh, June so far. We've had about two inches in this little area of Garfield Valley County, this little area up in here where I'm at. Now you get out, uh, you get out 30, 40 miles uh, each direction. Yes, there's been some rains, but these pastures are not hanging in there very well. And even our pastures are, we've, uh, we're, we're starting to have to rotate, which is normal for us to rotate pastures, but it's getting to the point where we're doing it maybe a week, week and a half early. Last year, we uh, rotated a little early as well too, but uh, we're having to rotate in here pretty soon. So this grass isn't really holding up near as well as some thought it would. So that is still on the back of our minds here. How much feed are we going to have? And uh, looking at the first cutting of hay, it just kind of depends on where you're at too. Uh, when it comes to the hay side of things here, we did have some late, uh, later, later, hailstorms come in here and really dig this alfalfa back and we did have some uh, cooler weather some frost and frost and some freeze areas that did kind of set this alfalfa back too so first cutting as far as volume wise hasn't really been nothing to write home about when it uh, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things all right let's talk about something positive on the livestock and that's this hog market what seemed to be the fuel for it today you know we started here this morning with uh, the, a lot of these headlines coming in from China about how their uh, their uh, re- economic relief packages weren't near what people thought, and that's what uh, pushed the uh, corn and soybean markets lower. But then you look at a market like hogs. Recently, we've seen uh, something happening here. Um, when I, I think there's something going on with China. I can't quite put a finger on it yet. I haven't seen the headlines yet, but. When you look at it, hogs higher, soybeans higher, bean oil, some of those, uh, some of those things, crude oil, not necessarily today with crude oil, but recently we've seen these markets that are all intertwined with Chinese economic headlines have been higher. And I think that, uh, the hogs, they were just in a, they were just in a, a market of their own here where they were oversold for so long that they finally found a little bit of, uh, relief buying. And then we took out and made some new charts concerned, but I think there's an underlying something going on here with China. And I think that's what's got us going here. And you look at this hog chart, like these uh, August hogs, you could be looking here at a potential V bottom here. And I think that's uh, that's a scenario that's uh, looking to continue to play out. We do have a lot more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle Hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 Bear Seed brands to launch the new Enhanced Channel Seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group. KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead, Kyle with Allendale. And can it be called the tale of two cities, Kyle? Because either you're getting rain or you're not. Your crops look great or they don't. There just does not seem to be much in-between line at this point. 
Well, that's right, Susan. I have another word I like to use for that, and it's called summertime here in the Midwest. <laughs> and I I feel for those who are not getting the rain because you know everyone knows our rain could shut off at whatever time here in central Nebraska. And I know there's a lot of people uh, in Nebraska here that uh, are suffering as far as their dryland corn goes. Um, but you get up here in the sand, it's nothing to see your dryland corn done here by the 1st of July. And then, you know, you sit there and you got nothing in the corners. But I also know further east, I've seen a lot of pictures on social media of folks that say their corn looks bad. And I, I'm not saying it doesn't look bad for their for their area. It may look terrible, but some of that corn doesn't look that bad. And I think we're, we're not quite giving corn the credit it needs because corn is a very resilient plant. So I'm not an agronomist. I just know I've raised corn for a little while and, uh, Little corn can take a lot of lot of stress, but they do need some rain out in that eastern corn belt. Now, over the weekend, we did see some decent rains, but it was in Nebraska. It was what cloud you're under. Iowa somewhat the same, but the general consensus, uh, once you get kind of east of Highway 59, it was a generalized anywhere from one to five inch rain in a in a pretty wide band on down to the central part of the state and into the southeastern part of the state with a few hit or miss uh decent rains in that northeast corner of the state as well so you know there's a little bit of reprieve for them they can get a little bit they they can go a little while there but that eastern corn belt illinois indiana they're kind of struggling out there so it is kind of a tale here it's a it's a tale of weather map to weather map too every six hours because you come in here in the morning and you see some rain in the forecast we could be down 20 cents or in the case of today we had a roughly 20 cent range in corn we started out here uh you know everyone disappointed the amount of rain we got over the weekend we went off the races went to 609 which is kind of an old support resistance line here we had on the chart and then uh, overnight here between the china news with their uh you know package their uh their economic issues that they had overnight there with them releasing their uh, stimulus package or whatever and then uh, some more rain added to the you know overnight runs we saw this market peel back a little bit so we ended the day unchanged after all this uh, all this uh, chatter from last night so it's very tough uh to be uh, buying an overnight open, uh, a higher open on the overnight session, especially coming off the weekend. So it is more of a mentality. A lot of folks that uh, have a crop are looking to sell it. And when you look at it, the commercials are kind of selling this thing too. We did see that Dece lose ground in March today, that Dece March corn spread, that widened out by about two cents. And they put some more carry out there that March to May, it widened out by almost two cents as well. So there's some carry out there. And that Dece to July corn spread, that widened out by about six and a quarter cents as well. So there was some commercial sell pressure out there today as this thing was rallying here by the non-commercials and the and the folks that are looking to speculatively buy it uh, based off the next weather model. Uh, looking here at the soybeans, same type situation here. We had a you know, roughly, uh, what, 30, 40 cent range here in uh, November beans, 40 cent range there basically. And uh, that high was, uh, you know, 1364 and three quarters. We did get above that old 1338 resistance area. We closed above that at 1342 and three quarters. But again, there we did see some commercial selling out there. We did see uh, the Nove lose some ground, lose about three cents to the Jan. Jan lost about two cents to the March. So there was commercial selling as the scene was rallying on non-commercial buying today. So, you know, if we do get some confirmed rains in here, those non-commercials would be the first ones to leave this complex. As they were the last ones to get in here, they'll be the first ones to leave and leave everyone who, all the small guys up here that bought it, leave them holding the bag. So that's a little bit of a concern that I have. Do you see any surprises in this afternoon's crop progress report? Uh, a decrease maybe in some areas? Yeah, there's going to be some areas of decrease, no doubt about it. I think it's probably 
uh, for the most part here. And you might see if you might see a little bit of a decrease here in Nebraska because we we did get some hit or miss rains here. I know a couple of weeks ago we had a decent rain here over in this northeast corner. Uh, didn't affect on the drought monitor much, but the crop didn't look too bad going through there uh, this weekend when I went uh, back east. So. Um, Traveling that uh, Highway 51 corridor, going uh, from Burwell here over towards that Decatur, uh, the, the Decatur Bridge there. There was a there was some pretty decent looking corn. There was a field here, field or two, you know, here there's a hit or miss. You could tell they needed some rain, but it wasn't that bad yet. So uh, a rain would still uh, have a pretty good impact on the on the corn yield here. It looks like here in Nebraska. So what's your what's your thoughts on this wheat market at this point? Thoughts on the wheat market? Kansas City wheat has been under pressure because I think you get some harvest pressure out there. Chicago wheat, uh, that's still the market that's got the most amount of carry out there. So it's basically non-commercial buying there, but there's still plenty of carry out there. They were just, uh, let's see, last week, a uh, week and a half ago, they were talking about VSR. So the storage rates, they're expanding there for uh, Chicago wheat. Kansas City wheat, I do know that later on this year, there is a potential for them, the CME, to go back and uh, you know readdress that contract there. They're talking about readdressing and, and uh analyzing that contract here later uh, later on in the year and potentially uh, changing some of the storage rates there in Kansas City wheat. So um, Kansas City wheat lately has been one of those contracts where you've got to prove it, it's wheat, but you've got to prove that it's dead before we're going to do anything with it. All right, Kyle, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.